Welcome back to the Insurance Business Babes podcast, where we show you how we've grown our insurance and related businesses through talking about what works for us, what doesn't work, and will help you grow your own business because you can start using what works for us in your own business today. This show is owned by CMED LLC and hosted by Kathy Klein and Joanna Wyckoff. Last time we had so much stuff, we couldn't finish the show. So we had to Finish it up in this next episode. So if you haven't seen part one, please go back and listen to part one. And now this is part two. Where I live in my community, I run the largest Facebook group in my community. Now, do I talk about Medicare in the Facebook group? No, no, I do not. And I don't talk about Medicare in the Facebook group. When I first started this group, I thought, well, how can I get my name out there without putting it in people's faces, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started a promo, the name of my community, Wednesday. Let's say I lived in Provo, Utah. I would start the Provo, Utah Seniors Group. Think of a different thing that you can actually be a part of. Provo, Utah Group. And then people join this group. And then on Wednesdays or Mondays or whatever, you have promo your business. Don't let people promo their business every day because it's going to turn into a big spam group. Yep. But then on Wednesdays or whatever day, you have a particular picture that you post and mine says promo the name of my community day and it gives the rules and the rules are they can only talk about their business as a comment to this group. They can't just post it randomly throughout the group because guess what? It'll... It'll show up back at the top of the group if somebody likes it. Yeah. You don't want that spam in your group. And that's how we do it. And I, I I don't even post in there anymore. But what happens is when somebody, and there's five or six insurance agents in that group right now, because they live, they live where I live. Sure. But when somebody says, hey, I'm looking for somebody that sells Medicare insurance, there will be six or seven people saying, call Kathy, call Kathy, call Kathy. So I'm hitting them from different places. They might get a turning 65 birthday card from mm-hmm. me. Then they're getting the Facebook group. And it could also be, what's the one that I hate next door? I hate that group. But <laughs> because you can never leave. It's like Hotel California. Mm-hmm. If you try to leave next door, I, I'm serious. It, it is almost impossible to leave <laughs> next door. It's totally Hotel California. You're you're too young to know that song from the Eagles, right? <laughs> yeah. Hotel California. Anyway, so they're seeing me on Facebook. I'm the admin. And at first I was a little scared because sometimes I have to get in and tell them to behave because it's a group of 4,700 old people. You have to be 50 or older to live in my community. And really it's 55 and older, but if you buy new, it can be 50. Can you imagine all of the complaining that happens in this group. I can imagine. I add yes. in a very large group of veterans <laughs> and they just complain nonstop. <laughs> right. So anyway, I have seven volunteer moderators. So the moderators each take four or five days a month and they're in charge of the group. They see the rules. They can take them down. They, they can take posts down. They can do whatever. Anyway, running your own Facebook group, it's going to take 
a while before it gets going. It's hard to start a Facebook group. You might even want to join an existing Facebook group, but it's a little bit harder because you can't promote yourself usually. These groups have usually rules where you can't promote yourself, but you can come in and you can be nice to people. And personally, I'd like having your own, but it, it is more work. It takes more time to get it going because then you can, you can control it. You can create yep. the rules. Just like I did with Medicare mentors. That's right. Your Medicare mentors is great. You run it a little bit differently because all the moderators are kind of jumbled together. My group, we each have days, mm-hmm. a day when you're moderating it, but you don't have as many complaining in your group because you, your group is not a, it's a bunch of Medicare agents. We try not to complain. We do complain a little bit, but we try not to do it too much. So Facebook is a great way to get your name out there. What's another way to get your name out there? Another way you can get your name out there is by networking with, this is what I teach, top secret sauce. I teach to build your own BNI group. BNI is a business network group. Build your own. And this is top secret size. Kathy, I mean, I normally charge for this advice, <laughs> but we talk about owning your own community, especially if you're brand new. You want to go hunt for people who serve the same demographic that you serve. That home health care agency nurse, she serves the people you want to be in front of, he or she. I don't hunt for primary care doctors. I hunt for specialists, the oncologist and the endocrinologist. I hunt physical therapists, people who serve my client. Durable medical equipment companies are big. They get the people who call them and they say, hey, I need oxygen. Hey, I need a new leg. Hey, I need diabetic shoes. Did you know, Kathy, that so many people don't know that they qualify for diabetic shoes that are, they look like Nikes, but they're custom made for their feet. Like I have clients who have really swollen feet and on the market, wide is hard to find as it is, but try extra, extra wide. Those are normally really expensive and many people on a fixed income can't afford them. But if somebody has a decent plan, they can get a free pair of shoes a year and then on some of the plans, the, the C-SNPs for diabetics, it might also be free. I have a company here in Georgia. They give free diabetics on their regular diabetic plan, free diabetic shoes. And it's like if I'm, if I'm seeing someone in November, I'm saying, hey, Kathy, I can give you a free pair of shoes now. So you want to think about, do you want walking shoes or do you want church shoes? And then we can get another pair of shoes in January. And it's changing lives because I've seen so many people bust in flip-flops because their feet don't fit into normal shoes. So, but durable medical equipment companies, especially the ones who've been established, they want, they want your customers who need those big purchase items, like the wheelchairs, the motorized scooters. They want your customers who want the hospital beds. Those are big ticket commission items for them. And you need to network with them anyways, because guess what? When you're reading through the summary of benefits and talking about these items to the, your potential clients or your current clients, they will, who's, who does oxygen in Douglas County? Cause I'm coming off my group plan and I have this little thing, but my group plan is going to take it back. How do I get oxygen on Medicare? I, I run into that all the time, Kathy. How do I get my portable oxygen tank? How do I do this? My group plan is going to take it back. But as soon as I go into Medicare and leave my employer insurance, what do I do? 
durable medical you want to become friends with them even if they're not sending you leads back you want to know who who has the oxygen who has the durable medical shoes you want to know those companies because you're going to use them for the rest of your career advanced diabetes supply right you use yeah they're great well and they're in my old neck of the woods san diego Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You're going to have customers who say, how do I get my diabetic supplies? You want to be a resource to them because you don't want them to call the carrier to get wrong information. Exactly. But they will send you back all, Joanna helped me get my diabetic supplies and they're just, that's another way to get all their, your current clients referrals, right? There's another reason why you want to, to either be involved in an already established senior networking group Create your own. But I I have a spreadsheet that has all of the people that I want to refer business to, including my competitors. Before I started the directory, I had a list of competitors that I wanted to refer people to because I'm not the best fit for everybody. People have different personalities. Or if they want to meet in person, I don't do in-person meetings anymore. I just don't. I have a list of people that I network with in San Diego. And I have a list of people that I network with where I live right now. And you want your clients calling you because you don't want them just to think about you during AEP. You want them to be thinking about you throughout the year because then if somebody calls them randomly on the phone or their carrier calls them randomly on the phone and tries to switch them to another plan, they're not going to take that call. They're going to say, hey, I've been working with Joanna. Joanna has told me how to get diabetic shoes. She's referred somebody to me for my stair lift at home. If I need something, I call Joanna. You want to be that resource. Even if they're not referring back to you, you want to know where everybody should go to get their services, to get to whatever it is they need. You need to be the one that where they who they contact. 100%. When you become that person in the community, people will start tagging you in other social media groups. Talk about going back to the business network. It's easier to get into places as not Joanna the insurance agent, but as a resource group. So when I built my own resource group, Kathy, I wasn't calling as top flight insurance wanted to come to the senior center. I was calling as Georgia senior partners wanted to come to the senior center. Exactly. And I'm bringing Dr. Teeter with me and I'm bringing all these medical professionals. Sometimes they're clinicians. Dr. Teeter, she's one of the ladies I love and adore, who's one of my partners. She's a hospice nurse practitioner who does hospice and palliative care. Usually I'm sending her clients, right? Usually it's my clients end of life, but sometimes palliative care is not always end of life. She has taken care of so many of my clients at the very end when it's the most stressful for their clients. And we market together. That $350 vendor fee, we usually split that. But guess what? Sometimes when I have a table and I'm not there as top flight, she can say everything I can't say. Right. About you. Right. Exactly. And she can find the pain point because a lot of times people want to talk about their health issues So someone's talking to her about their diabetics stuff and all their complaints. She can say, you need to talk to Joanna. She has a solution for that. She has a diabetic plan that will work with that. She can talk about things as a clinician that I can't talk about. I don't have that specialty to talk about. A lot of people will walk away from the insurance tables at these events because 
Who wants to talk about insurance? I'm here exactly. to get my I'm here to get my turkey, right? My cake and everything. And I don't want to talk about insurance at my Thanksgiving event. But a lot of times if they see a doctor, be like, I need to talk to you because my mom, my sister, my brother. So I bring in the specialists that they want to talk to. I have a primary care doctor that I just added to my network. Guess what he does? What? He goes to the house for a primary care visit. Oh, oh mobile doctor. Mobile doctor. Awesome. He, go, he goes not just in Metro Atlanta. He goes all over Georgia, the most rural places, because guess what? Some people don't have the capacity to drive somewhere, to sit in an office, because I have no immune system left. I don't want to sit in an office with people that are sick. I already had COVID three times. I don't want to catch yeah. her cooties, right? But think about it. It's people who have oxygen tanks. It's a full field day for them to leave the house, right? Right. <clears throat> Do you have a Medicare Advantage plans that will that he takes? Most mobile doctors don't take. He, he takes all of them. Oh, and he what? does. What? When I had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago, he was not in network with one of my new carriers. And I, I said, Omar, would you like me to introduce you? <laughs> the CEO is one of my friends. I said, I'm going to get you a date with a dinner date with the CEO of this company. I said, because if we can do, guess what? Carrier marketing plus primary care doctor plus Joanna. Now it's a marriage, right? That's right. He, Omar said to me, he goes, Joanna, whenever you want to do an event, I'll pay for all the food. I'll pay for everything. Awesome. He just wants to tag along because he's a, he's newer. He's hungry for business. And he already gave me client referral. I'm trying to find clients for him now. So you want to find yeah. some people like that. Make friends Make with friends. people that have the same target audience as you. And that brings us to the next way to get business. And that is podcasts. Jo Joanne and I have a new podcast. It's, you know, doesn't have millions of listeners yet like my other podcast. How many does your other one have? I've had, I think, 1.4 million <gasps> downloads. We didn't know you're so famous. I know. I'm very famous. Just kidding. <laughs> a lot of those are repeat listeners, right? I can't pinpoint who the listeners are. But but yeah, it's it's had a good amount of downloads. And this is a new podcast. We're, we're climbing up. So it's awesome. But anyway, go on a podcast. If you know somebody that has a podcast about your community or about insurance or about seniors or about whatever, a topic that you can fit in, mm -hmm. go on the podcast. It doesn't matter how many listeners they have. I don't care if they're brand new and they have no listeners. Guess what you can do with that podcast, Joanna? Ooh, let me think. Get the link and put it on your own website. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I'm learning. And that's right. Put that link on your website and do even one better. Not only get the link, but ask the host if you can have permission to have the file. Now, not all hosts are going to give you permission. If they're savvy hosts, they're not going to give you permission for that. If they've been around for a while, they're not going to give you permission. And the reason they're not going to give you permission is because they want people to actually go to the podcast to listen. They don't want you to have that file. But if they do, if it's a brand new podcast... Or if that podcast goes out of business. See, this is the thing. There are a lot of brand new podcasts that come in and they wind up with less than seven episodes and then they're out of there. And if they don't want to pay for that podcast to remain hosted, you're going to lose that file. 
But if they give you a file, if they say, yeah, you can have the audio file, then you can actually put that or keep it as a backup in case they go uh-huh. out of business. Say, uh-huh. I will link to the podcast, but just in case you decide to stop podcasting, can I also have a copy of the file? And I promise I won't use it unless your podcast goes down. And just see what they say. Negotiate. Use your sales skills. It doesn't hurt to ask. The worst they can say is no, right? Exactly. But you're right, Kathy. A lot of people have actually found me when I was a guest on somebody else's show. Agents have found me when I was a guest on Christian Brindle's show or Eric Fierro's show or Glenn Shelton's show. And I'm going to be on a show next week with Carson Porter. Awesome. Yeah. Go on podcasts, go on YouTubes. And by the way, if you are listening to this on an audio file Mm. and it's audio only and you can download it onto your phone, it's a podcast. If you are watching us on YouTube, that is not a podcast. Stop calling YouTube videos podcasts. They are not podcasts. (laughs) Can you tell I'm an old school podcaster? Yes. (laughs) Okay. If, if it can be downloaded onto your phone, it's a podcast. YouTube videos aren't downloaded. You stream them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Here's another way to get business, and that is advertising. Okay. YouTube, Google, Facebook. You can put in an ad and advertise and get people to call you. So. That's another way. You have to have a website if you're going to do that. Mm, not all advertisements are created equal, right? That's true. So we've seen it in our Facebook group where, we, and we get hounded because we're targets because people know we spend money on advertisements. I get called at least once a week to put my ad on a golf card. Oh for- my gosh, I've already done that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't a golf card. I did a golf sign. A okay. sign when you come into the golf. I did it a year ago. It wasn't a lot of money. It was like under $500. If I remember correctly, it was $350 or something. And they just sent us a renewal. And we're like, we ain't renewing this. You know, this was a one-time thing. But yeah, they talked me into it. That was money. I, I, I should have just flushed that money right down the toilet. And I knew it. I don't know why I did it. I knew it when I bought the ad that it was going to amount to zero. I paid for a company in January to do my advertisements. They were supposed to do lead generation. They were going to take over my Google reviews. They actually were building me a website and I didn't like how they built the website because it's not something I would have, it wasn't a demographic that I would have used and it just didn't show my brand authenticity. My mistake, Kathy, was not understanding the terms well enough. It was $750 a month, but it was $1,800 down. Not a cheap chunk of change, $1,800 down. I didn't understand that I was signing up for a six-month term, whether they did their job or not. They said that they're sending me leads. No, I'm getting spam calls from telemarketers from Pakistan that they're counting as a lead that found my... They they put my number everywhere. And here I am getting all these telemarketers from Pakistan and they were counting as leads. I was like, listen, you're not doing your job. You're not getting me. That's not a lead. You're not getting me 64 and ups. You're getting me people to just call my phone. That's not a lead. I sell insurance and I recruit insurance agents. I am not looking to talk to the 28 year old who's looking for plumbing service or whatever. (laughs) They're probably the same company that adds plumbers to my website. I'll I'll tell you who this company is. It's four letters. Starts with an H, ends in a U. You. 
So they can't sue me. <laughs> Four letters. If it starts with an H and ends in a U, stay away. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You can buy ads. You can pay somebody else to do it, or you could do it yourself if you have time. The problem with us is we're not new agents anymore. So we don't have time to do stuff ourselves. That's right. If you're a brand new agent, you can YouTube how to build a, a website. I built my very first website in three hours, but it was a pretty crappy website. And I have to admit, it was a crappy website, but it got better. Over time, I made it better, but me, I'm better, better done than perfect, right? I'm a, let's get it done and then work on it later. But yeah, definitely ads. Now, what about things that are more like your uplines probably have told you to do? Workshops. You can do sales workshops and you can do educational workshops. And when I first started in this business and my up, not my upline, I think it was one of my vendors said, if you do an educational workshop, you cannot pass out your business card and you cannot you know, make an appointment. And I was like, what the heck? Why would I do that? Why would I waste my time? For the first several years of my business, I, I, like, I ain't doing educational workshop. Mm -hmm. It just looks like a huge waste of time. And I don't have time for that. Why am I going to do that? And then I found out that you could give your business card. You, you could. And, and they've changed it again. Now it's different again. But I started doing turning 65 workshops. So I would have maybe 20 people in the room. I did give the dinner and they were expensive, but I would get people calling me two years later, you know, because they would come to the workshop when they were 60, 61, 62, 63, and they would, re they would still have my card. They would still remember me. And I do like educational workshops. I've done sales, sales workshops. I've done them because my carriers have asked me. And so I will do them, but they're not my favorite because I don't know anything about the person who's there. I'm just pitching. I, I'm more of a consultative kind of person because of my background in financial planning. I know people who sign up 20 people from a sales workshop. It's not really my thing though, but, but you can get a lot of business from a sales workshop, right, Joanna? Yep. So I did a couple last week. I'll give you some of my top tips for them. One of my carriers called me and said, hey, Joanna, we got a Medicare 101 already advertised. I need you to show up with your pretty face and your slideshow. And so I already have that's an educational, though. That's an educational yep. Medicare 101. OK, yep. So they had me show up and everything and they introduced me. Now, we talked about partnerships. I had one of the doctor's offices there. there it was three marketing. It was the doctor's office, the carrier and me. The doctor's office was talking about something and somebody raised their hand and asked a question. Well, Joanna, can you answer that? So I'm nice. responding to their question and somebody was asking their questions and it turns into a, hey, well, I can answer that, but you have to call me to get the specifics, right? I ended up helping a disabled veteran in a wheelchair. So think about this. He tells me that he just started dialysis. So he's going through a lot. And I'm thinking all the my all my wheels are spinning. He doesn't have Medicaid yet. Now he's okay. he's probably on the income, but he's in a wheelchair on dialysis. I'm gonna help him get a Medicaid waiver because he needs help at home care he needs a caregiver. He's a veteran. 
Did you get them aid in attendance or? I called my friend that does the VA. She's an advocate for the VA while we were there and I get permission for her to talk and everything. But yes, we're helping this guy with his quality of life, right? Do you think he's going to tell everybody else about how Joanna helped him get all these extra benefits? And the aid in attendance is worth a lot of money. Yes, it is. Because his life is, he's single. And as his life declines, he's going to need the extra care and support. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is imagine being single and not having anybody to help you use the toilet. Those simple little things that we take for granted. So anyways, I do things like that with my with my carriers and stuff. But I started doing, you don't have to do Medicare 101s. I think Medicare 101s are a little bit played out. In this group, I, I had no 65-year-olds. I said, how, how many people are 65? Nobody. Most of them, Kathy? Were they just there for the dinner? No, I didn't, I didn't serve any food. There was no food. There was okay. no food. They, they were there because they were encouraged to come because of its AEP. But guess what? They didn't need a Medicare 101. They needed to know like a Medicare to Medicare. Exactly. They, they and, need a Medicare 301. Right. Because they've been on Medicare for 10 years. I Well, I had a 92-year-old there who I invited to help me teach the class. But oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what they need is they need a, how do I help my prescriptions? How do I lower my costs? How do I get my IRMA fixed? How do I get extra help for Part D, right? If you can host any type of seminar that's not a Medicare 101, that doesn't have the same regulations as an educational Medicare 101, because if I'm talking about extra help for Part D, that has nothing to do with CMS. No, it does not. I was invited to speak to a group of people that had Parkinson's. I went through basically the differences between Advantage and supplement plans, and I told them that they're not going to qualify for a supplement plan and how they could get guaranteed issue if they moved away, blah, blah, blah. But at the very end, I asked them about their meds. I said to them, this next thing that I'm going to tell you is going to be the most important thing that I tell you in this workshop. Make sure you listen. There is a website where you can go to see if you might qualify for a patient assistance program and or go ahead and apply. So I gave them the needymeds.com, needymeds.org website. And I, I spoke for 30, 45 minutes, but I truly believe that that one website was probably the most valuable thing that I gave them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just that. Sometimes it's one piece of information that you give to somebody that's going to make them remember you and you're going to stand out because it's not something that anybody else is going to give them because it's not directly related to Medicare. And I would love to get I'm so sorry, I can't remember her name, but I know she's a good friend of yours. The pharmacist that mm, does Norma. the, yeah, I'd love to get her yep, in on I'll, the I'll show at some point. But but yeah, we've gone through a lot. This has not been an exhaustive list, but we've gone through a lot mm-hmm. of ways to get business. You can do the short term, which is buy. You can do the long term, which is create relationships and the websites and and things like that. There's the short term and there's the long term. And if you're a new agent, you should really be doing both. You should be focusing on the short term, but you've got to have at least 20, 30% of your time building that long term. Otherwise, you are going to be a slave to buying leads the rest of your life. A little bit of everything works. I was at a Walmart four or five years ago. I'm still getting people from calling me from that. I mean, a a lot of irons in the fire. That's what you need to run a business. 
Because you know what? If Facebook shuts down, I still need to be able to pivot, right? If my lead vendor goes out of business or they say, hey, Joanne, you can no longer buy leads in Douglas County. We sold it to Integrity. Someone else, yeah. (laughs) Because that happens all the time. Oh, they sell your territory. You need to be able to pivot. You might not get any leads back. I've done mail drops where I got little, little leads back. So you need to have multiple irons in the fire. And they say newer agents have more time than they have money. You want to create things now that are going to pay off next year. But if you can't afford to buy some leads to start off, I do recommend it. It helps to find people who want your help now versus chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. Yep. And there is one more thing I'd like to leave off. And you said create your own BNI, but people don't know how to do that. Yeah, sure. And I would join a BNI and I don't know what it costs now. When I did it, I figured the cost was going to be about $2,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and I said, none of these people are going to sign up with me because they're all in their 30s and 40s, but I'll just lay low. And I made my $2,000 back in four months wow. because I listened. I took the BNI training. Mm-hmm. I listened and I did it. And not everybody knows how to network. You know, they go into Chamber of Commerce, and they start passing out cards. That's, not, That's not the way to network. And one of the things that I learned at BNI is that you never know who your next lead source is going to be. I thought that the insurance agent who sold Group Medical was my competitor, and he turned out to be my biggest lead source in the group. He did not want to deal with Medicare. And then my second person that I didn't think was going to be a good lead source was the woman who sold makeup. And I don't wear makeup. I don't know if you're watching this video. You can see. I don't wear makeup and I don't wear perfume because I'm allergic to it. Mm-hmm. She introduced me to someone who ran one of those senior only networking nice. groups. And I am still getting leads from mm-hmm. I, and I have not lived in San Diego for five years and I am still getting leads from that group. And I stay in touch with them, mm-hmm. but you just never know where your leads are going to come from. So don't rule things out. You just don't know. Yeah. And I will say about networking, people want to talk to people who are interesting and interested. So yeah, if you have <laughs> no personality and nothing to talk about and just put your head down, look at your phone, nobody's going to want to talk to you. But if you are interested in them, People like to hear about their own names. Kathy, Kathy, where did you grow up, Kathy? What you, tell me about yourself, right? So be interested and be interesting. Right. That's my tip. That is a great tip. That is a great <laughs> tip. And with that, we will go ahead. This has been a long episode. I don't know if we'll have to split it in two or if okay. we'll run it as one. But yeah, this has been a great episode. And for the listener, yes. we have other tips for you too. You asked for it, so we gave it to you. Where do you get your leads? <laughs> we'll see you next time on the, the show, Joanna. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>